Hello and welcome to New York Standard. I'm your host, Andre Archambault. New York Standard's a show dedicated to the best music from the era that made, well, New York Standard. This is the music from the great jazz ages of swing and bop to cabaret and Broadway. Ellington, Coltrane, Ella, Basie, and of course Nat Cole and Johnny Hartman as we hear from the two of them pretty much every week. And in fact, we're going to hear from all of those guys this week. This is a, a bit of a return to form. I haven't done a show in a while, and um, I've, I've been feeling it. So um, I, I, w- I wanted to bring you a show. I, I've also, I'll get into this a, a little bit later, but I've also been doing a, a fun little uh, at-home side project for the last week or so. I'll give the backstory on that in a minute. Where are we going to go first? Well, let's have a look. Let's have a look. It is a beautiful weekend here in New York. I've got my windows open. It's in the mid-60s uh, for those of you in Europe uh, or Canada, I guess. Uh, that's probably around 20, I think. Anyway, Celsius. Um, so why not start with one of the guys that I said that we start every show. In fact, we're going to end the show with this guy, too. Here's Johnny Hartman. Blue skies, right here on New York Standard. Blue skies, smiling at me. Nothing but blue, blue skies. Do I see? Bluebirds singing a song. Nothing but bluebirds all day long Never saw the sun shining so bright Never saw things going so right Noticing the days hurrying by When you're in love, my, my, how they fly Blue days, all of them gone All day long 
Never saw the sun shining so bright Never saw those things going so right Noticing the days hurrying by When you're in love, my, look how they fly Blue days, all of them gone Nothing but blue sky From now Sunshine, what out of that orange colored view? Flash, bang, Alakazam, I gotta look at you. One looking eye, yell timber, watch out for flying glass. Cause the ceiling fell in, the bottom fell out, I went into a spin, I started to shout, I've been hit. This is it, this is it, I T I was walking along. Minding my business when love came and hit me in the eye. Flash, bam, Alakazam, out of an orange colored sky.
one looking eye yell timber watch out for flying glass cause the ceiling fell in and the bottom fell out i went into a spin and i started to shout i've been hit this is it this is it i teach it i was walking along minding my business when love came and hit me in the eye flash bam alakazam out of an orange colored purple stripe a pretty green polka dot sky flash a bam alakazam and goodbye wow i thought love was much softer than that what a most disturbing sound In the evening, in the evening, people, when the sun goes down, in the evening, people, when the sun goes down, don't you feel mighty lonesome? sun goes down Ain't you lonesome Ain't you lonesome People when the sun goes down Ain't you lonesome People when the sun goes down sun goes down If I could holler Just like a mountain jack Then I would go way up on the mountain And I would call my baby back In the evening In the evening In the evening In the evening In the In the evening In the evening People when the sun goes down In the evening
Man, little Joe Williams and the Count Basie Orchestra. That is from Count Basie Swings, Joe Williams Sings. I believe that's their second record together. Um, I believe. Don't don't hold me to that, but I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Um, and before that, we heard the one and only Nat King Cole. Uh, I normally don't throw in the King because it's really a nickname, uh, but because um, his real name was Nathaniel trying to remember what his middle name was but uh king was something some it was a moniker that was thrown on him because he was even before he opened his mouth to sing his nickname was king just because he was that great as a pianist so and before that we heard count basie basie at birdland live uh bleed blop blues now i i typically will play that uh, uh newport uh 56 i'm sorry 57 re- uh, recording but i wanted to mix it up a little bit today Today is about mixing things up. And before that, we started off the whole show with uh, Johnny Hartman, all of, uh, sorry, from the All of Me record, Blue Skies. One of my favorites. One of my favorite all-time songs, frankly. So if you can hear me, and you're used to hearing me, um, I have a little bit of a, <clears throat> I think it's a sinus infection, Um by uh, virtue of um, the evidence in the sink. Um, that's all I'm going to say. And um, I do have some couth and decorum. And uh, so I don't sound that great. Therefore, I've been basically at home uh, this whole week. I, I was down the Jersey Shore last weekend with friends and family and came back. I was feeling a little sore throat on, on uh, Sunday. I tested for COVID, no dice. Uh, Monday, again, tested, no dice. Tuesday, I woke up, and I it was the last day I went to the gym. I'm going to try to squeeze in a session today um, before I go see some other family. But um, they, uh, um, I, I just have felt like crap all week. And so I, I finally spent some time when I wasn't working um, uh, doing a little project here at home and what that project has been and will be probably for another could be as much as a month or or two even uh give or take i have about 25 dat tapes the digital audio tapes from my college years um i don't I can't remember how much I've talked about my uh, my actual college experience, but if you if you follow me on the Instagram, you'll see the story there um, uh, in one of my more recent photos about how I studied music production. It's really what I went to Emerson for, Emerson College in Boston for. There's a deeper, wider story that, for the sake of uh, brevity, uh, I'll, I'll direct you to, the, to that uh, written-up story. But anyway... Um, I ended up really falling in love with music production. And when I look back on my life at that time, uh, after I graduated college, there really was no reason for me not to pursue music production, other than the fact that the the business was starting to change. Um, I did end up pursuing audio production, radio in particular, but I, I never considered myself, I still don't consider myself a radio person, despite the fact that I have spent... I ended up spending uh, seven to ten years, depending on how you slice it, doing radio uh, production, and then another two years and change doing uh, radio sales. But I just—it's never 
the radio, and I've been doing this bloody podcast for 10 years, but it, to me, this isn't radio. This is online. This is different. Anyway, um, so as a result, I've carried these tapes around literally for 30 years almost, and for the most part, they've gone unlistened to, and um, it's been, I, I, I'm still connected to a few of the people, in fact, the, the two young ladies uh, that I'm about to play, uh, I'm still connected to, um, and I'm still connected to a, a handful of the people who were involved in, in, um, in my schooling, uh, colleague, classmates and teachers, etc., and um, I, I have, you know, I have nothing but fond memories and it's, it, it has, it has resurged an itch, uh, if that's a word, <clears throat> I don't know if that's a sentence I want to use and put out there, but it, it's, it's where my head is at the moment. Um, I, I feel like there's a, a, a renewed calling for me to get back into that racket and uh, to a, to a degree, I miss it. Um, and the frank fact of the matter is, is that I was, I was good at it and, and, uh, I enjoyed it and I forgot how good I was and how much I enjoyed it. Uh, and that's not being egotistical or, or, uh, conceited when I, I can objectively listen to these things that I created or helped create 30 years ago. And I want to point that out. The help create piece is really critical because I ain't singing, uh, in a few cases, I'm interviewing people and I sound nothing. I can't say nothing like this. Although funnily enough with this stuffy nose that I've got at the moment, I sound a little bit more like I did when I was 20, 21, 22. I don't think I did anything when I was 22. Anyway, um, it's been a trip to discover these things. So I'm going to jump into these next two ladies. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to jump into this, this next up act is someone who has gone off and had a really nice career over the last uh, nearly 30 years. When she and I met in Boston in 1993, probably April or May of 93, she was very much a new act on the scene. And these days she tours all over the world uh, singing jazz um, and still does an amazing job of it. Uh, this is from, this is actually from a session that I recorded with the young lady thereafter, Amy Rome, uh, who is still a very dear friend. And, and if I'm in the same room with Tierney, you know, uh, Sutton, uh, there's a camaraderie, but Amy and I have stayed connected throughout. I mean, up to and including, like, I remember, I think my ex-wife, uh, did some graphic design work for her. Uh, back in the in the early night or shortly after we graduated from Emerson uh, and still lingering about around Boston I think I'm pretty sure that's accurate but anyway this is um, Tierney Sutton doing a, it was a fairly late night session in I want to say June or July of 1993 and I was hosting a show similar to this uh, on WERS and I had them in for a late night session because uh, that's the only thing that worked for everybody's schedules and calendars. And um, I did do an interview with them and aired the interview accordingly, but, but this, this is just the music. First up is Tierney Sutton and her really cool duet uh, rendition of Love for Sale, followed by Amy Rome's fun rendition of I Can Cook Too, right here on New York Standard. 
its pipe of love You know their childish ways I know every type of love Better far than they If you want the thrill of love I've been through the mill of love Old love, new love Every love but true Appetizing young, young love for sale If you'd like to try my wares Come on with me Climb the stairs of that love Of that love, of that love, of that love For sale Love for sale, love for sale, love for sale I've got a love for sale Love for sale Seafood's the best in town. Oh, I can cook too. My fish can't be beat. My sugar's the sweetest around. Oh, I'm a man's ideal of a perfect meal, right down to the demi tasse. I'm a pot of joy for a hungry boy. And baby, I'm cooking with gas. So I'm a gumdrop, a sweet lollipop, a brook trout right out of the brook. And what's more, baby, I can cook. Some girls make magazine covers. Some girls keep house on a dime. Some girls make wonderful lovers. But what a lucky find I might make a magazine cover. I do keep my house on a dime. I'd make a wonderful lover. I should be paid overtime Cause I can ride to on top of the rest My Chris goes as deep as a pool Yes, I can broil to my ribs with applause My lamb jaws will cause you to drool Oh, I'm against ideal of a perfect meal Step up to my smorgage board Walk around until you get your fill And baby, you'll never be bored Oh, I'm an ultimate jelly preserve A recipe not in the book And what's more, baby, I can cook Some girls make wonderful jivers Some girls can hit a high seat Some girls make good taxi drivers But what a genius is me I'd make a wonderful jiver I can even hit a high seat I'd make a good taxi driver I deserve a big Navy Cause I can roast too on top of the rest My lift can melange you to drool Yes, I can broil too My chickens just ooze My gravy will lose your mind Oh, I'm a brand new note On a table to hold But try me a la carte Sell a single course You could choke a horse And baby, you'll never be born Oh, I'm an ultimate jelly preserve A recipe not in the book and what's more, baby, I can cook Some girls make magazine covers Some girls keep house on a dime Some girls make wonderful lovers But 
She really did have, does have, I haven't heard her sing in a long time, so I assume she still sounds a good bit like that. That's Amy Rome, um, uh, and before that we heard Tierney Sutton. If I, if you need me to tell you the titles of those songs, you're, you're probably listening to the wrong show. Um, the story behind these two young ladies and how I came to know them is, is as follows. Um, in April or May of 93, uh, Tierney came in. She was a, a brand new on the scene jazz vocalist. Um, my, I, at that point, I was, it's funny, it must have been like a Tuesday, Wednesday, or a Thursday that this session went down. And, and what I'm about to play for you of Tierney's was recorded in April or May of, of 1993. Um, I was part of the live mix team, which meant I was one of, depending on the year, anywhere from six to 12 folks, men and women, young men and young women, uh, who were enrolled at Emerson College, who were involved in, in wanting to be in the, in the music production program. And it wasn't, it wasn't a fully formal program. I, my de- I, technically, my degree is in audio. I always say mass communications just because audio seems so super niche and limiting. Uh, and Lord knows my career has not, you know, uh, been limited to audio by any stretch. And so um, I, um, I was assigned to this mix. Now, I also, and it was for the, the, the show Jazz Oasis, which was a show on WERS, Emerson's radio station. Um, and I happened to also host the Friday afternoon show. Uh, so my guess is that this was like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, my friend, still friend, now Amy Burns, uh, nay Gorwitz. I think it's Gorwitz. It may be Gerwitz. I can't remember offhand. Um, she And I feel really badly because I was just messaging her about how she, perfectly she pronounced my name in 1993, which still doesn't happen. Uh, and so... Um, uh, but I can't remember if it was Gorwitz or Gerwitz. Anyway, um, she was the host that day. I feel like I want to say it was a Wednesday. And when the session was over, uh, Tierney and I got connected. She may have even asked for a dub either of another dat or a cassette or something. I can't remember, but that's what connected us. And, um, we stayed connected. In fact, we still 30, almost 30 years later, we still follow each other on Twitter. It's kind of cute in, in my mind. Um, 
and she, um, something connected us. And I think it was that I, I think I knew I was getting ready to take over the show tune show on WERS uh, standing room only. And I said to her, I said, I said, given the fact that most of the standards that she sings that are, you know, not exclusively, but most of them uh, are show tunes, I said, could I have you on? And she said, I'm doing a, 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 a she, she must have said it this way. I don't have a specific memory, but she, she must have said, I'm doing this um, show with this other young lady named Amy Rome who, because um, the two of them would play together but never duet together, to my knowledge. I think I saw them live twice. Uh, I know I saw Amy at least four or five times total across the years. Um, and I know, anyway, and so sometime in, like I said, June or July of, of 93, I did a standalone session um, with Tierney and Amy and their respective um, accompanists. I have a story that I'm going to share here momentarily uh, after I play these for you, uh, but that's how I came to know. And so I engineered what you're about to hear is Tierney Sutton's version of Cherokee. I engineered this, uh, and then a few months later, I engineered and interviewed both Tierney Sutton and Amy Rome on WERS. This is a lot of fun to bring you. I've, I think I've brought snip, snippets of uh, Tierney and Amy over the years, but I never had as much of their content as I do now. And I still have, I think, another two sessions of Amy's to, to pull from, uh, from, the, from these decks, so these, these tapes. So anyway, here is Tierney Sutton, Cherokee, live at WERS. Um, May, April or May, 
since first I met you I uh, can't forget you Cherokee sweetheart child of the prairie your love keeps calling my heart in sweet sweet Cherokee He tells all the songs he hums, though I may hold him all through the night, he may not be there when the I don't pick out his ties or expect his tomorrows, but I feel when he's in my arms, he's where he wants to be. We have no memories that are sweet with time, and I doubt if he'll spend. With me, I don't wear his ring, I don't share his name. There's no piece of paper saying that he's mine, but he says he loves me, and I believe it's true. That make someone belong to you. So I don't wear his ring. So I don't share his name. So there's no piece of paper saying that he's mine. So we don't share the memories I've had. Memories. I've washed enough mornings, I've cried enough birthdays, I've had enough birthdays. 
Aside from being just the content of that song being what it is, and if you haven't, if you didn't pick it up from the lyric, the the song is all about uh, a relationship. I can't say gone awry because it it, it seems like the 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 woman, since it's Amy singing, um, is uh, has come to peace with the fact that she's with a married man. Uh, but that content, the content of the song is one thing. Right, but the way Amy Rome delivers it there is another, and it's what. Uh, so, like I said, I recorded that late night. I think it was a Saturday night. It might have been a Friday night um, in my college radio station. Uh, that does, and I'm going to say this respectfully, uh, and it, with as much humility as possible. That does not sound like it was recorded in a college radio station, and um, I, I have enough wisdom about myself now to realize that and I did not then anyway it also sounds like that room to me um that's another story for maybe another day anyway um the story behind that actual performance uh from that you just heard is one of my favorite music stories of of all time involving me let alone in let alone involving me it's one of my favorite music stories of all time so, like I said, Amy and Tierney had done a couple of shows together with their respective bands. Um, they each had their own bands. And um, that night in, um, in, like I say, June or July of 93, um, Amy, uh, um, uh, Tierney brought her, um, her accompanist, a pianist, a guy named Yuki Aramasa, and um, God, Amy's uh, pianist, his last name fly, is flying out of my head at the moment. Doug, I'm pretty sure it was Doug, and his last name is is gone from me at the moment. Anyway, uh, Tierney at some point during the set, during the recording, and we weren't. It wasn't live to air um, the way the the performance of Cherokee was. I want to point out that, that that performance of Cherokee was done completely live to air, just like if you were to watch something at, uh, you know, a, some sort of a simulcast or a concert that's actually happening live. So anyway, this was not that. This, this second session, the 50% session was not. And so uh, we had a little bit of room for 
improvement and takes and retakes, but it was still only being recorded on two tracks, stereo, right? So we didn't have that much room. And so um, super duper long story short, Tierney says to Amy, you should play that one song that you play uh, every night and it rips everybody's hearts out. And, you know, Amy said, do you mean this? And no, I didn't, you know, do you mean that? No. Um, and, and they eventually came back to 50% from a musical called Ballroom. I don't remember which came first, the movie or the musical, but, um, the, the movie, uh, was, I believe a Maureen Stapleton and, uh, gosh, the other guy's name eludes me, uh, in the moment. Um, but I believe the movie came first and they adapted the musical from the movie. Anyway... Um, as you heard, it's an absolute barn burner of a song. And, um, and Amy said to, to, to Tierney, you know, I would love to do that song, but I don't have the sheet music. And so Doug can't play it. He, he, you know, normally we would have the sheet music and that I kid you not the week before the week before I had gotten a pile of CDs from Sony music, uh, where they had reissued ballroom the musical from 1975 i think it is six or seven somewhere in that time frame and i said do you mean this and i ran to the the music room and grabbed the cd out of the the locker we used to have these lockers in our music room where we would keep our shows specific cds pulled out the the cd and ran it in and one or the other of them said yeah that's it and so I said, does this help? Does having this help? And um, Yuki, who I barely knew and was fairly quiet, if I recall correctly, um, said, yeah, if, if I hear it a, a few times, I can, I'm pretty sure I can write out the sheet music for it. So we played it two or three times, maybe four, but I don't think it was even that many. And Yuki Aramasa sat down and script, scribbled out the notes on a regular piece of white paper and it also worked it out on the on the piano in the studio to be fair but basically in two or three listens he had it and what you heard there was I'm pretty sure the first or second take at trying to get that down on tape one of my favorite stories and it's still you you can't see this is a medium where you cannot see me and even if you could see me it'd be creepy if you could see the hair on my neck standing up telling you this story but it still puts the hair on my neck uh up straight upright um it's still one of my favorite stories to tell about music ever anywhere regardless of whether it has to do with me it's just the fact that i saw it and witnessed this moment and um, it's a testament to what can happen when we work together, people. How about that for once these days? Anyway, before I go into a political rant, <laughs> uh, I hope you enjoyed that story. I hope you, I really hope you enjoyed 50% and, from Amy Rome and Cherokee from Tierney Sutton, let alone um, I Can Cook Too and Love for Sale for that matter. Where are we going to go next? I think it's time, since it is the season, for a little autumn in New York, right here on New York Standard. 
It's time to end my lonely holiday And bid the country a hasty farewell So on this gray and melancholy day I'll move to a Manhattan hotel I'll dispose of my rose-colored chattels And prepare for my share Of adventures and battles Here on the 27th floor Looking down on the city I hate Does it seem so inviting? Autumn in New York It spells the thrill of first nighting Glittering crowds and shimmering In canyons of steel They're making me feel I'm of new love in New York is often mingled with pain lovers who bless the In Central Park It's autumn in New York It's good to live it again
Does it seem so inviting? Autumn in New York It spells the thrill of first nighting Glittering crowds and shimmering clouds in canyons of steel they're making me feel I'm home it's autumn in New York that brings the promise of new sundown Oh autumn in New York It lifts you up when you run down Yes Jeruiz and Gedevoses Who lunch at the Ritz Tell you that it's divine This autumn in New York Transforms the slums into Mayfair Castles in Spain Yes, lovers that bless the dark Oh, on the benches in Central Park Great autumn in New York It's good to live it again
New York that brings the promise of That was a really lame impression or attempt at an impression. I actually do a pretty good uh, Louis, but I'm not. I I don't want to strain myself uh, on a day like today. That was Louis and Ella, uh, Ella and Louis. Depending on how you, you you stack it up, I guess ladies first. And in fact, I'm fairly certain that the the way the records are uh, written uh, when they were released, it was Ella and Louis. Um, their version of Autumn in New York. Prior to that, Charlie Parker with strings, his version, their version of Autumn in New York. And before that, we started off with Mel Torme and his version of Autumn in New York. I love all of them. I have about 12 others that I didn't play that I may play if I do another show here in the next few weeks. And in fact, that's something I want to do. I really miss doing this on the regular, and, and but life has been so irregular of late. So even though it's getting better and has gotten better in a lot of ways, I, it... it there, my rhythm is still broken up, uh, funnily enough. Anyway, so where are we going next? This is one of my favorite autumnal songs. You can hear the racket in my, uh, I think that's my uh, postal carrier bringing the mail. Um, this is probably my favorite autumnal song, and it's not at all indicative, the title. It just, it's so, and I've, I've said this for the eight to ten years that I've played this song on this show, because uh, I was unaware of this particular song, or the, I should say this particular version of this song, until eight to ten years ago. Um, it just sounds like it sounds like Autumn in New York, but not the song. It it feels like Autumn in New York is what I should say. It feels like walking through Riverside Park or. Uh, Central Park even, or or I've always seen it in my head because at the time I bought it, my office was right by uh, Herald Square. So walking through Herald Square and the leaves and the, but Riverside Park or Central Park or really any park in this city. Um, and it sounds like the leaves are dancing around your feet in a mild to high wind. This is Duke Ellington with Max Roach and Charles Mingus, Warm Valley, right here on New York Standard. Thank you. 
Thank you, Ella. Thank you. No, thank you. That was Ella Fitzgerald from a fantastic collection, 12 Nights in Hollywood, um, Caravan. Her take on Caravan is funny. Um, I was going to play the Ellington um, Mingus Roach version of Caravan um, as sort of additional, and then I just was like, you know what? These other versions are worth uh, surfacing, including Ella. And prior to that... You heard Oscar Peterson, Joe Pass, and Ray Brown doing their take on a record called The Giants. And highly recommend that record. I highly re- I Listen, at the end of the day, I highly recommend all of these records. Uh, uh, CDs, whatever. However it is, you streaming. Streaming, even. These kids today, and they're streaming. Anyway, uh, you can still hear. It's, uh, it's so frustrating. I, I feel like I have... Uh, I, it's literally a case of two steps forward, one step back, or even one step forward, two steps back with this uh, sinus thing. Um, anyway, where am I going next? I think we're due for a little Glenn Miller and his orchestra. Little Brown Jug, and I'm going to follow it up with a bit of a wild card, and I'll explain on the back end. Actually, I may not have to explain. It should be self-evident. But here is Glenn Miller and his orchestra with Little Brown Jug right here on New York Standard. Thank you. 
on this show in the 10 years that I've been doing 10 and almost 10 and a half years that I've been doing this show um, but I don't know that I've ever played that that is a song off her Ariel's record uh, called A Choral Room and um, when I was going through the show and sort of aligning the playlist and I had Little Brown Jug selected um, it sparked that lyrical memory of Kate Bush uh, singing uh, that line and uh, I did a little bit of you know basic research it doesn't seem like the two are connected but it wouldn't surprise me if ev- even indirectly let alone directly they were um, considering the content of what a choral room uh, could be interpreted as that's how I'm going to go with it anyway and for the purposes of the show hey my show my rules I guess um <laughs> anyway, um, and considering the the amount of love that Kate Bush has received this year, I think it's worth, um, I may actually do a Kate Bush show sometime here. Uh, I don't know. She, she, she is certainly not, she's outside the norm of, of this show. Although a song like A Coral Room does have a sort of a cabaret vibe to it. Um, fairly stripped down arrangement, piano. A little bit of percussion, drums, etc. Bass, obviously, maybe some guitar licks, uh, accents here and there. But anyway, oh gosh, um, you know, it just occurred to me that I didn't do a full back announce of the of the previous uh, set after Warm Valley, and I'm going to do that now. This is what happens when you're a little uh, off and and in your own little world and uh, not feeling a hundred percent. Um, so before the two versions of Caravan that I played earlier, Oscar Peterson, Joe Pass, and Ray Brown, and Ella, um, we heard Count Basie and his orchestra from the April in Paris record, uh, Dinner with Friends, and then we heard Benny Goodman uh, and After You've Gone. I had a missed take that, uh, not a mistake, but a missed take, um, where I, where I had actually back announced that already, and it slipped my mind. That's why 
that's why uh, it slipped my mind. Um, where are we going next? Where are we going next? I mean, where can, where else can we go? Here's a little bit of Thelonious Monk and John. Actually, we could go to a million different places, couldn't we? Thelonious Monk and John Coltrane with Ruby, my dear. Feels like a pretty good place to start. Right here on New York Standard.
touches with her hand The summer trees, perhaps you'll understand What memories I owe There's a dance pavilion in the Town grown lonely That spring of ours that started So April hearted Seemed made for just a boy and girl I never dreamed, did you Any fall could come in view so early, early, darling, if you care, please let me know I'll meet you anywhere. I miss you so, let's never have to share another of ours that started so April hearted seemed made for just a boy and girl I never dreamed did you any fall could come in view so Mr. B, wonderful Mr. B, Billy Eckstein, Early Autumn. Uh, that is from the Everything I Have is Yours, the best of the MGM I, uh, years that he that he was making music for. All of those were on 78s um, and transferred. Now, I think they had tapes uh, of them by then because I think he would have recorded those in the 40s, but they were originally pressed on 78s. Uh, and before that, we heard Grant Green, Deep River from the Feel in the Spirit record. I was disappointed. My cousin, who I consider a pretty, he's close to me in a lot of ways with his musical knowledge. He knows jazz and, and very well, especially the big band stuff, but I was surprised that he didn't know Jimmy Smith, Grant Green. There were, there's one or two other artists that I threw at him and he didn't know them. And, um, uh, I'm, I'm actively changing that with him. So that's, that's, that's a, that's a cool little fun little thing. Um, and we started off that set with Ruby, my dear, 
Thelonious Monk and John Coltrane. I have to say, with the amount of stuffiness that you that you hear here, I uh, I'm reminded of these tapes. I would wager that only about five percent of the the and it's only about two dozen tapes, right? That I've got, um, but they're you know two hours a piece, um, and I. Uh, uh, most of them are two hours a piece, and so there's a there's a lot of stuff to work my way through. A couple of funny observations. One, there are a few instances where I sort of sound like I'm putting on a, a Boston accent, which is bizarre because I'd never, no one ever accused me of having a, a Boston accent. So, but there are a few times where I think I said dollars for dollars, it's crazy. I could be, I may have just, I don't know just it struck me as funny um i also had not had any adult beverages really by then uh very 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 few i hardly ever drank uh, i didn't start drinking until i was 21 good soldier that i am a little boy scout um and uh um i've made jokes about that over the years i i as as my friend um alan mcdonald from uh that i've known whom i've known since high school he uh <laughs> He said to me about three to four years ago, he said, you caught up. Don't worry. You've, you've caught up. And in some cases, I think I may have passed them. Um, uh, our friend groups, uh, friend group, I should say. Um, but then the other thing is that um, I, from the age of about 16 until I was about 34, 35, I had sinus polyps. Um, and they made me sound like I was stuffed all the time because I was stuffed all the time. And once those polyps came out, it really changed the sound and the tone and tenor of my voice, literally, figuratively, in every sense. It took a while for it to heal, a good six months to a year for it to start to really, for my voice to really sound kind of how you hear it here. Although here I do sound stuffed up. Uh, I can hear it. So it's kind of a funny set of observations, especially the Boston accent thing. Uh, it was, I, I, at that point, I had been living in Boston for three or four years. So not impossible, but it, it, it was still weird to hear that. So maybe I'll pull those out at some point too, some of those interviews. They, they're okay interviews. But I did find one, there is one really, really magical recording that I made that I had completely forgotten about that will, if it sees the light of day, it won't necessarily be through me um, because it, it deserves a proper airing and a proper place and a proper space. Uh, more on that as I know more about it. So where are we going next? Well, you know, it, one of the things with that I've come to realize over the last couple of years with the enormity of what's gone on in, in my life, in, in everyone else's life too, lives too, uh, is that... Um, we really, really do, and it sounds corny uh, as I sit here and, and say this, but we really do have to look for the silver lining in things because um, if we don't, we're, we're forced to deal with the negative all the time. And it's something that I, I, it has genuinely taxed me. I've been back in New York City for almost two years. I'm about six weeks away from two years of being back in, in Manhattan uh, after that, you know, eight to nine month hiatus, uh, in 2020. And I've, I've struggled with the, for a bunch of different reasons and, and in a bunch of different ways that I've never really gotten into here. Um, mostly cause I try to keep this about the music, but, uh, you know, 
um, I feel like we're at a somewhat of a, uh, I can't even say boiling point, but like I know I am. I, I feel like I'm at a boiling point with regard to, you know, what does it all mean? What does it, what's it going to translate to? How's it going to, how's this whole thing going to play out our lives on the whole writ large? And then some of the micro and macro stuff that's going on on the daily, uh, you know, literally daily basis that, that, you know, we either can deal with or can't or have a tough, you know, whatever. Anyway, it's, it's, so I'm airing some of that stuff out here. Uh, so I, I hope that's appreciated, appreciated. Where are we going to go next? I think it's time. Speaking of silver linings, here's the corny part. Chet Baker from Chet Baker Sings. Look for the silver lining right here on New York Standard. Look for the silver lining. Whene'er a cloud appears in the blue Remember somewhere the sun is shining And so the right thing to do Is make it shine for you a heart full Of joy and gladness Will always banish sadness and strife so always look for the silver lining And try to find the sunny side of Lucky soul 
are also neighborly. They sing wherever I go. I guess I'm just a lucky soul. So if you should ask me the amount in my bank account, I'd have to confess that I'm slipping. But that don't worry me. Confidentially, I've got a dream that's a pippin. And when the day is through, each night I hurry to a home where love waits. I know. I guess I'm just a lucky soul, and so now if you'd ask me the amount in my bank account, I'd have to confess that I'm slipping. But that don't worry me. Confidentially, I've got a dream that's a pippin. And when the day is through, each night I hurry to a home where love waits. I know. I guess I'm just a lucky soul. never lose sight of how much I just love Helen Merrill and those first couple of records that she made on Mercury. Uh, Helen Merrill sings, and I'm trying to remember the the other one, uh, the title of the other one. I go to them all the time, and in fact, uh, I'm heading out after I finish this, and I'm probably going to put Helen Merrill on in my ears. Before that, we heard Chet Baker look for a silver for the silver lining. I did not play I'm Just a Lucky So-and-So and look for the silver lining on purpose back-to-back, but there they are. And um, it, it only makes sense. And I'll be honest, I do look for the silver lining, and I am just a lucky so-and-so. I really am. Where am I going next? Well, we're going to close here. I, uh, you can hear that I'm, pre- I'm fairly tired here at this stage. I need a nap before I head out. But um, we are going to go to Fletcher Henderson um, and his take. I'm fairly certain that he um, wrote this song. Christopher Columbus. It has nothing to do with the explorer only in name. So I, me personally, I would love for them to upend Columbus Day. I really would. Why salute that guy? And then we're going to close with John Coltrane and Johnny Hartman. Autumn Serenade. Just a perfect um, way to end a show like this. I'm aiming to do another episode before um, too long. 
Uh, and Lord knows I will do my Christmas show, and I'll try to do a Thanksgiving show as well. But I'd love to do another episode here in October or early November, and then Thanksgiving and Christmas, and then uh, assess, see what we do for 2023. It's going to be an interesting couple of months. I thank you for the latitude and listening to me today. I talked an awful lot. So um, it's one of the quick aside. I, it's one of the things that I noticed in the in all of these tapes that I have. I really focused on the music, and uh, it's typically what I do here. But these stories today were worth airing out. I hope you agree. They were certainly worth airing out to me, for me. My name is Andre Archambault. This has been New York Standard. Take it away, Fletcher Henderson, John Coltrane, and with Mr. Johnny Hartman. Have a great week, everybody. Take care of yourselves and take care of everybody else.
melodies The sweetest music ever played Autumn kisses we knew Our beautiful souvenirs As I pause to recall The leaves seem to fall like tears Silver stars Were clinging to an autumn sky Love was ours Until October wandered by Let the years come and go I'll still feel the glow That time cannot fade When I hear That lovely autumn serenade Seven. 